Heart Classic Pearls, a podcast about stories. Here, I share my thoughts on the books that I've read. I'm your host, Classic Pearls. This novel by Kyung Suk Shin is translated by Chi Young Kim, explores how family members react and respond to trauma, loss of the unreplaceable. A mother's disappearance affects all members of the family differently. In the moment of crisis, how would you react? I'll be attempting to read the entirety of this book here on Heart Classic Pearls. I truly hope you enjoy this book as much as I have. Here's some specs before I continue. It is a fiction novel. There are 261 pages, um, and to give you kind of an idea of how long it took me to read this book, it took about one to two days um, to read the almost 300-page book, and I read the translated version as well as the Korean one. I definitely recommend um, trying to read both. Uh, And here is the black blurb from this book that I have. Sonyo is a wife and mother to five grown-up children. She is the one constant and often unacknowledged presence in all of their lives, supporting them no matter what the cost. Then one day, traveling into Seoul by train, Sonyo vanishes. Whilst her family desperately search for her, they discover the desires and hopes Sonyo kept hidden. Through a series of revelations, the family members slowly paint a picture of Sonyo as they never knew her and come to realize the truth about all mothers and children that affection, exasperation, hope, and guilt add up to love. I'd like to read you the first chapter, or two, and maybe you'll grab yourself a copy to read more. Maybe you won't. Either way, I hope that I haven't spoiled the book for you. Here's the first chapter for you. Chapter 1. Nobody Knows It's been one week since Mother went missing. The family is gathered at your eldest brother, Hongcho's house, bouncing ideas off each other. You decide to make flyers and hand them out where Mother was last seen. The first thing you do, everyone agrees, is to draft a flyer. Of course, a flyer is an old-fashioned response to a crisis like this. But there are few things a missing person's family can do. And the missing person is none other than your mother. All you can do is file a missing person report, search the area, ask passerbys if they've seen anyone who looks like her. Your younger brother, who owns an online clothing store, says he posted something about your mother's disappearance, describing where she went missing. He uploaded her picture and asked people to contact the family if they'd seen her. You want to go and look for her in places where you think she might be, but you know how she is. She can't go anywhere by herself in this city. Hongcho designates you to write up the flyer, since you write for a living. You blush, as if you were caught doing something you shouldn't. You aren't sure how helpful your words will be in finding mother. When you write 24th of July, 1938, as mother's birth date, your father corrects you, saying that 
She was born in 1936. Official records show that she was born in 1938, but apparently she was born in 1936. This is the first time you've heard this. Your father says, everyone did that back in the day because many children didn't survive their first three months. People raised them for a few years before making it official. When you're about to rewrite 38 as 36, Holmcher says you have to write 1938 because that's the official date. You don't think you need to be so precise when you're only making homemade flyers and it isn't like you're at a government office. But you obediently leave 38, wondering if 24th of July is even mother's real birthday. A few years ago, your mother said, we don't have to celebrate my birthday separately. Father's birthday is one month before mother's. You and your siblings always went to your parents' house and showing up for birthdays and other celebrations. Altogether, there were 22 people in the immediate family. Mother liked it when all her children and grandchildren gathered and bustled about the house. A few days before everyone came down, she would make fresh kimchi, go to the market to buy beef, and stock up on extra toothpaste and toothbrushes. She pressed sesame oil and roasted and ground sesame and pearly seeds so she could present her children with a jar of each as they left. As she waited for her family to arrive, your mother would be visibly animated, her words and gestures revealing her pride when she talked to neighbors or acquaintances. In the shed, Mother kept glass bottles of every size filled with plum or wild strawberry juice, which she made seasonally. Mother's jars were filled to the brim with tiny fermented fish or anchovy paste or fermented clams that she was planning to send to the family in the city. When she heard that onions were good for one's health, she made onion juice, and before winter came, she made pumpkin juice infused with licorice. Your mother's house was like a factory. She prepared sauces and fermented bean paste and hulled rice, producing things for the family year-round. At some point, the children's trips to Chongok became less frequent, and mother and father started to come to Seoul more often. And then you began to celebrate each of their birthdays by going out for dinner. That was easier. Then mother even suggested, let's celebrate my birthday on your father's. She said it would be a burden to celebrate their birthdays separately since both happened during the hot summer, when there are also two ancestral rites, only two days apart. At first, the family refused to do that, even when mother insisted on it. And if she balked at coming to the city, a few of you went home to celebrate with her. Then you all started to give mother her birthday gift on father's birthday. Eventually, quietly, mother's actual birthday was bypassed, Mother, who liked to buy socks for everyone in the family, had in her dresser a growing collection of socks that her children didn't take. Name, Pak Sonyo. Date of birth, 24th of July, 1938. 69 years old. Appearance, short, salt and pepper permed hair. Prominent cheekbones. Last seen wearing a sky blue shirt, a white jacket, and a beige pleated skirt. Last scene, Seoul Station Subway. Nobody can decide which picture of mother you should use. Everyone agrees it should be the most recent picture, but nobody has a recent picture of her. 
We remember that at some point, Mother started to hate getting her picture taken. She would sneak away, even for family portraits. The most recent photograph of Mother is a family picture taken at Father's 70th birthday party. Mother looked nice in a pale blue humble, with her hair done at a salon, and she was even wearing red lipstick. Your younger brother thinks your mother looks so different in this picture from the way she did right before she went missing. He doesn't think people would identify her as the same person, even if her image is isolated and enlarged. He reports that when he posted this picture of her, people responded by saying, Your mother is pretty, and she doesn't seem like the kind of person who would get lost. You all decide to see if anyone has another picture of mother. Hyungchul tells you to write something more on the flyer. When you stare at him, he tells you to think of better sentences to tug on the reader's heartstrings. Words that would tug on the reader's heartstrings? Then you write, Please help us find our mother. He says it's too plain. When you write, Our mother is missing. He says that mother is too formal and tells you to write, Mum. When you write, our mom is missing. He decides it's too childish. When you write, please contact us if you see this person, he barks. What kind of writer are you? You can't think of a single sentence that would satisfy Hyungchul. Your second eldest brother says, you'll tug on people's heartstrings if you write that there will be a reward. When you write, we will reward you generously. Your sister-in-law says, you can't write like that. People take notice only if you write a specific amount. So, how much should I say? One million one? That's not enough. Three million one? I think that's too little too. Then, five million one. Nobody complains about five million one. You write, We will reward you with five million one. And put in a full stop. Your second eldest brother says, you should write it as reward five million one. Your younger brother tells you to put five million one in a bigger font. Everyone agrees to email you a better picture of mother if they find something. You're in charge of adding more to the flyer and making copies, and your younger brother volunteers to pick them up and distribute them to everyone in the family. When you suggest we can hire someone to give out flyers, Hyungchul says, we're the ones who need to do that. We'll give them out on our own if we have some free time during the week and all together over the weekend. You grumble. How will we ever find mother at that rate? We're already doing everything we can, Hyungchul retorts. What do you mean we're doing everything we can? We put ads in the newspaper. So doing everything we can is buying ad space? Then what do you want to do? Should we all quit work tomorrow and just ro roam around the city? If we could find mother like that, I'd do it. You stop arguing with Hyungchul because you realize that you're pushing him to take care of everything, as you always do. Leaving father at Hyungchul's house, you all head home. If you don't leave then, you will continue to argue. You've been doing that for the past week. You'd meet to discuss how to find mother, and one of you would unexpectedly dig up the different ways someone else had wronged her in the past. The things that had been suppressed, that had been carefully avoided, moment by moment, became bloated, and finally you all yelled and smoked and banged out the door in rage. When you first heard Mother had gone missing, 
you angrily asked why nobody from your large family went to pick her and father up at Seoul Station. And where were you? Me? You clammed up. You didn't find out about mother's disappearance until she had been gone for four days. You all blamed each other for her going missing, and you all felt wounded. Leaving Hyungter's house, you take the underground subway home, but get off at Seoul Station, which is where mother had vanished. So many people go by, brushing your shoulders, as you make your way to the spot where mother was last seen. You look down at your watch, three o'clock. The same time mother was left behind. People shove past you as you stand on the platform where mother was wrenched from father's grasp. Not a single person apologizes to you. People would have pushed by like that as your mother stood there, not knowing what to do. How far back does one's memory of someone go? Your memory of mother? Since you heard about mother's disappearance, you haven't been able to focus on a single thought, besieged by long-forgotten memories unexpectedly popping up, and the regret that always trailed each memory. Years ago, a few days before you left your hometown for the big city, mother took you to a clothing shop at the market. You chose a plain dress, but she picked one with frills on the straps and hem. What about this one? No, you said, pushing it away. Why not? Try it on. Mother, young back then, opened her eyes wide, uncomprehending. The frilly dress was worlds away from the dirty towel that was wrapped around mother's head, which, like other farming women, she wore to soak up the sweat on her brow as she worked. It's childish. Is it? Mother said, but she held the dress up and kept examining it, as if she didn't want to walk away. I would try it on if I were you. Feeling bad that you'd called it childish, she said, this isn't even your style. Mother said, no, I like these kinds of clothes. It's just that I've never been able to wear them. I should have tried on that dress. You bent your legs and squat on the spot where mother might have done the same. A few days after you insisted on buying the plain dress, you arrived at the very station with mother. Holding your hand tightly, she strode through the sea of people in a way that would intimidate even the authoritative buildings looking on from above and headed across the square to wait for Hyungchul under the clock tower. How could someone like that be missing? As the headlights of the trains enter the station, people rush forward, glancing at you sitting on the ground, perhaps irritated that you're in the way. As your mother's hand got pulled away from father's, you were in China. You were with your fellow writers at the Beijing Book Fair. You were flipping through a Chinese translation of your book, at a booth when your mother got lost in Seoul Station. Father, why didn't you take a cab instead? This wouldn't have happened if you hadn't taken the underground. Father said he was thinking, why take a taxi when the train station is connected to the subway station? There are moments one revisits after something happens, especially after something bad happens. Moments in which one thinks, I shouldn't have done that. When father told your siblings that he and mother could get to Hyungchul's house by themselves, why did your siblings let them do that? Unlike all the other times. When your parents came to visit, someone always went to Seoul Station or to the express bus terminal to pick them up. What made father, who always rode in a family member's car or a taxi when he came to the city, decide to take the underground on that particular day? Mother and father rushed towards the train that had just arrived, 
Father got on, and when he looked behind him, Mother wasn't there. Of all days, it was a busy Saturday afternoon. Mother was pulled away from Father in the crowd, and the train left as she tried to get her bearings. Father was holding Mother's bag, so when Mother was left alone in the station with nothing, you were leaving the book fair, heading towards Tiananmen Square. It was your third time in Beijing, but you hadn't yet set foot in Tiananmen Square, had only gazed at it from inside a bus or a car. The student who was guiding your group offered to take you there before going to dinner, and your group decided it was a good idea. What would your mother have been doing by herself in Seoul Station as you got out of the cab in front of the Forbidden City? Your group walked into the Forbidden City, but came right back out. The landmark was only partially open because it was under construction. And it was almost closing time. The entire city of Beijing was under construction to prepare for the Olympic Games the following year. You remember the scene in The Last Emperor where the elderly Puyi returns to the Forbidden City, his childhood home, and shows a young tourist a box he had hidden in the throne. When he opens the lid of the box, his pet cricket from his youth is inside still alive. When you were about to head over to Tinianan Square, was your mother standing in the middle of the crowd, lost, being jostled? Was she waiting for someone to come and get her? The road between the Forbidden City and Tiananmen Square was under construction too. You could see the square, but you could only get there through a convoluted maze. As you watched the kites floating in the sky in Tiananmen Square, your mother might have collapsed in the passageway in despair, calling out your name. As you watched the steel gates of the square open and the squadron of police march forth, legs raised high, to lower the red national flag with five stars, your mother might have been wandering through the maze inside Seoul Station. You know this to be true because that's what the people who were in the station at the time told you. They said they saw an old woman walking very slowly sometimes sitting on the floor or standing vacantly by the escalators. Some saw an old woman sitting in the station for a long time, then getting on an arriving train. A few hours after your mother disappeared, you and your group took a taxi through the nighttime city to bright, bustling Snack Street and huddled under red lights, tasted 56-proof Chinese liquor and ate piping hot crab sautéed in chili oil. Father got off at the next stop and went back to Seoul Station, but Mother wasn't there anymore. Your sister-in-law insisted that something had to have happened to your mother, that it didn't make sense that she couldn't find her own son's house just because she failed to get on the same train as Father. How could she get so lost just because she didn't get on the same car? There are signs all over the place. Mother knows how to make a simple phone call. She could have called from a phone booth. Something had happened to mother. That was the view of someone who wanted to think of mother as the old mother. When you said, mother can get lost, you know, your sister-in-law widened her eyes in surprise. You know how mother is these days, you explained, and your sister-in-law made a face, as if she had no idea what you were talking about. But your family knew what mother was like these days, and knew that you might not be able to find her. When was it you realized that Mother didn't know how to read? You wrote your first letter when you jotted down what Mother dictated to send to Hyeongchul. Soon after he moved to the city, Hyeongchul graduated from high school in the small village you were all born in. 
studied at home for the civil service exam for a year, and went to the city for his first assignment. It was the first parting between mother and one of her children. Back then, your family didn't have a phone, and the only way to communicate was through letters. Yongchur sent her letters written in large type. Your mother always intuitively knew when Hyungchur's letters would arrive. The postman came around 11 in the morning with a large bag hanging from his bicycle. On the days when Hyungchur's letters arrived, mother would come in from the fields or from the stream where she would be doing the laundry to receive the letter personally from the postman. Then she waited for you to come home from school, led you to the back porch, and took out Hyungchur's letter. Every morning at dawn, after Hyungchur left, Mother would clean the surface of the glazed clay sauce jars on the ledge in the backyard. Because the well was in the front yard, it was cumbersome to bring water to the back, but she washed each and every jar. She took off all the lids and wiped them clean inside and out until they shined. Your mother sang quietly, If there were no sea between you and me, there wouldn't be this painful goodbye. Her hands busily dipping the rag in cold water, Lifting it out, wringing it, and rubbing the jars, Mother sang, I hope you won't leave me one day. If you called to her at that moment, she would turn around with tears welling in her big, guileless eyes. Mother's love for Hyungchul was such that she used to make a bowl of ramen just for him. Only for him. When he came home after remaining at school till late at night to study. Later, when you brought that up sometimes, your boyfriend, Yubin, would reply, It's just ramen. What's the big deal? What do you mean, what's the big deal? Ramen was the best thing back then. It was something you ate in secret so you wouldn't have to share it. Even though you explained its significance, he, a city boy, seemed to think it was nothing. When this new delicacy called ramen entered your lives, it's overwhelmed every dish mother had ever made. Mother would buy ramen and hide it in the empty jar in the row of clay jars, wanting to save it for Hyungchul. But even late at night, the smell of boiling ramen would nudge you and your siblings awake. When Mother said sternly, You all go back to bed, you would all look at Hyungchul, who was about to eat. Feeling sorry, he would offer you each a mouthful. Mother would remark, How is it that you all come so quickly when it has to do with food? And fill the pot with water make another ramen, and divide it among you and your siblings. You would be so pleased, each holding a bowl filled with more soup than noodles. After Hyungchul had left for the city, when mother reached the clay jar she used to hide the ramen in, she would call out his name and sink down, her legs giving way. You would slip the rag from mother's grasp, lifting her arm up, drape it over your shoulder. Your mother would break out in sobs, unable to control her overflowing feelings for her firstborn. When mother sank into sorrow after your brothers left, the only thing you could do for her were to read your brother's letters out loud and to slip her responses into the post box on the way to school. Even then, you had no idea that she would never set foot in the world of letters. Why did it never occur to you that mother didn't know how to read or write even when she relied on you as a child, even after you read her the letters and wrote replies for her. You took her request as just another chore, similar to heading out to the garden to pick some mallow or going to buy some paraffin. Mother must not have given that task to anyone else after you left home, because you never received a letter from her. 
Was it because you didn't write to her? It was probably because of the phone. Around the time you left for the city, a public phone was installed in the village's headman's house. Read it out loud, she would tell you. Yomcher's letters always started with, Dearest Mother, as if he were following a textbook on how to write letters. Yomcher asked after the family and said he was doing well. He wrote that he took his laundry to father's cousin's wife once a week and that she washed it for him, as mother had asked her to do. He reported that he was eating well and that he had found a place to sleep as he had started staying overnight at work and asked her not to worry about him. Yongchul also wrote that he felt he could do anything in the city and that there were many things he wanted to do. He even revealed his ambition to become a success and give mother a better life. 20-year-old Hyungchul gallantly added, So mother, do not worry about me and please take care of your health. When you peeped over the letter at mother, you would see her staring at the taro stalks in the backyard or the ledge of tall clay jars filled with sauces. Your mother's ears would be cocked like a rabbit's, trying not to miss a single word. After you finished reading the letter, your mother instructed you to write down what she would tell you. Mother's first words were, Dear Hyungchul, you wrote down, Dear Hyungchul. Mother didn't tell you to pull a full stop after it, but you did. When she said, Hyungchul, you wrote down, Hyungchul, exclamation point. When mother paused after calling his name, as if she'd forgotten what she wanted to say, you tucked strands of your bob behind your ear and waited attentively for your mother to continue ballpoint pen in hand, staring down at the stationery. When she said, The weather's turned cold, you wrote, The weather has turned cold. Mother always followed Dear Hyungcha with something about the weather. There are flowers now that it's spring. It's summer, so the paddy bed is starting to dry and crack. It's harvest season, and there are beans overflowing on the paddy banks. Mother spoke in your regional dialect, unless it was to dictate a letter to Hyungchul. Don't worry about anything at home, and please take care of yourself. That is the only thing your mother wishes from you. Mother's letters always swelled with a current of emotion. I am sorry that I can't be any help to you. As you carefully wrote down mother's words, she would shed a fat tear. The last words from your mother were always the same. Make sure you eat all your meals, mother. As the third of five children, you witnessed mother's sorrow and pain and worry when each of your older brothers left home. Every morning at dawn, after Hyungcho left, mother would clean the surface of the glazed clay sauce jars on the ledge in the backyard. Because the well was in the front yard, it was cumbersome to bring water to the back, but she washed each and every jar. She took off all the lids and wiped them clean inside and out until they shined. Your mother sang quietly, If there were no sea between you and me, there wouldn't be this painful goodbye. Her hands busily dipping the rag in cold water, lifting it out, wringing it, and rubbing the jars, mother sang, I hope you won't leave me one day. If you called to her at that moment, she would turn around with tears welling in her big guileless eyes. Mother's love for Hyungchul was such that she used to make a bowl of ramen just for him, only for him. When he came home 
after remaining at school till late at night to study. Later, when you brought that up sometimes, your boyfriend Yubin would reply, It's just ramen. What's the big deal? What do you mean, what's the big deal? Ramen was the best thing back then. It was something you ate in secret so you wouldn't have to share it. Even though you explained its significance, he, a city boy, seemed to think it was nothing. When this new delicacy called ramen entered your lives, it's overwhelmed every dish mother had ever made. Mother would buy ramen and hide it in the empty jar in the row of clay jars, wanting to save it for Hyeongchul. But even late at night, the smell of boiling ramen would nudge you and your siblings awake. When mother said sternly, you all go back to bed, you would all look at Hyeongchul, who was about to eat. Feeling sorry, he would offer you each a mouthful Mother would remark, How is it that you all come so quickly when it has to do with food? And fill the pot with water, make another ramen, and divide it among you and your siblings. You would be so pleased, each holding a bowl filled with more soup than noodles. After Hyeongchul had left for the city, when mother reached the clay jar she used to hide the ramen in, she would call out his name and sink down, her legs giving way. You would slip the rag from mother's grasp, lifting her arm up, drape it over your shoulder. Your mother would break out in sobs, unable to control her overflowing feelings for her firstborn. When mother sank into sorrow after your brothers left, the only thing you could do for her were to read your brother's letters out loud and to slip her responses into the post box on the way to school. Even then, you had no idea that she would never set foot in the world of letters. Why did it never occur to you that mother didn't know how to read or write, even when she relied on you as a child, even after you read her the letters and wrote replies for her? You took her request as just another chore, similar to heading out to the garden to pick some mallow or going to buy some paraffin. Mother must not have given that task to anyone else after you left home, because you never received a letter from her. Was it because you didn't write to her? It was probably because of the phone. Around the time you left for the city, a public phone was installed in the village's headman's house. It was the first phone in your birthplace, a small farming community where once in a while a train would clatter along the tracks that stretched between the village and the vast fields. Every morning the villagers heard the headman testing the mic, then announcing that so-and-so should come over to answer a call from Seoul. Your brother started to call the public phone. After the phone was installed, people who had family in other cities paid attention to the microphone, even from paddies or fields, wondering who was being sought. Either a mother and daughter know each other very well, or they're strangers. Until last autumn, you thought you knew your mother. Well, what she liked, what you had to do to appease her when she was angry, what she wanted to hear. If someone asked you what mother was doing, you could answer in 10 seconds. She was probably drying ferns since it's Sunday. She must be at church. But last autumn, your belief that you knew her was shattered. Thank you for listening to Heart Classic Pearls. Please check out our Instagram page at classic.pearls. C-L-A-S-S-I-C dot P-E-A-R-L-S and our website linked in the description. We'll be back with more episodes in the following week. Tune in for more. This is your host, Classic Pearls, signing off.